Welcome to Stop, Back, and Roll, a podcast about starting out strong and getting really caught in the tall grass about three quarters of the way through. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. And today we're going to dive into basic moves and talk about making gameplay experiences unique. Yeah, we haven't really talked a whole lot at the beginning of episodes recently. Yeah, so let's do some bookkeeping, because you've got some stuff coming up. I do. Actually, if you are listening to this podcast the day that it came out, then uh, tomorrow I have the Latin Explosion starting up, which is a which is Masks actual play stream at twitch.tv slash Latin Explosion, nice. which is looking to be really, really cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun. We've got a good crew together. And uh, you said you're doing some like mostly character creation uh, in that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be making our characters and like, you know, it's it's that thing with masks that like sometimes you do character creation and it takes you 15 minutes yeah. and sometimes it takes an hour and a half. And so we're just kind of playing it by ear, making our cool characters, getting our crew together, wow. doing how the team came together. If I correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember correctly, uh, the idea is that this will be a like rotating cast kind of Protean City style, where like whoever's available for the stream will drop in, but hopefully we'll see those characters more than once. I hope so, yeah. What we're kind of looking at is sort of doing it as a monthly comic. So like every okay. every month we have one crew. And so okay. for this for February, we have four weeks. We've got one crew for those four weeks. Oh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that. And then March nice. March will be a similar thing that we've got a new crew. Um, I don't know if we'll have overlap or not at the very beginning, but yeah. you know, people will be able to drop in and drop out, and like with a much larger cast. Um, cool. Just cool. because I'm trying to get as many yeah, get those fa- Latinx get those, people in as we possibly gonna, can. I was going to say get those faces, but not really. Well, yeah, faces. Yeah. You're sorry, you're doing video, yeah, video, not just audio. I'm so used to audio, <laughs> uh, but I'm super excited. I hope that I have. Um, I should be able to do, to be able to uh, to watch. That'd be awesome. Be cool. The we're excited to get this going in front of people and then it'll also be available on demand as well uh, on youtube cool. probably the day cool. after something like that um and i have vague plans of going like hey is there a way i can just throw raw awful terrible audio into a <laughs> podcast and just let people listen if they can't have a screen well <laughs> um you definitely can, and I can help you. Okay, do that. that I can I can show you how to do that really easily. Um, so definitely check out Brandon and that whole thing because it sounds pretty freaking awesome. And and um, a pasión uh, pasión de las pasiones is on one shot right now. Ooh yeah, that's right. Oh, so this is we we're actually recording this on Monday, so the second episode is probably out. Yeah, right? yeah, second episode dropped. I gotta I gotta catch up on that. I have no idea what happened in it. Uh, I have no <laughs> I have no clue where like the where the where it cut, lines yeah. were where the cuts were. Because I haven't had a chance okay, to listen well, yet. well, definitely. Um, I have done not a whole lot. That's not true. I spent, the la- <laughs> I spent the whole last week flying to England and coming back, which was fun. Uh, did some work stuff over there. Um, what else? You did, I've been just editing a lot of Protean City. You did, like, what, three Protean City recordings? Yeah, I've been just, I've been, I've been jamming that a yeah. lot recently. So it's been an interesting experiment. And then you've also got your uh, Sunday games, right? Yeah, I've been running, playing some games on Sunday. Nice. We played Tachyon Squadron for a while, which is a very interesting game. Cool. Um, at some point, we'll have to loop back around toward my thoughts on Fate, because uh, having actually played Tachyon Squadron, I have some more, more uh, hot, not hot takes, but 
mild mild takes maybe. Okay. Okay. Um and yeah, it was it was it was interesting. And now we're going to play masks again because I have kind of one note. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on hitting it. Oh yeah, me too. Um is this but. also this is not the last one before Dreamation. No, I don't think so. No, there will be there will be one this episode. There will be this episode that goes up on the fifth, and there will be one on the nineteenth, which is the week before, which is the Tuesday before Dreamation. Yeah. So if you do intend to go to Dreamation, uh, look into that, uh, James. Yeah, we'll be there. Brandon and I. Will, yeah, we'll be there for at least on uh, Saturday and Sunday, or, or sorry, like um, Friday night to Sunday, I think. Maybe yeah, depending on when we actually we may go out Friday, we may go out Saturday. Yeah, we'll have to see how that all works out. But we'll be there on Saturday is the key. Yeah. So um, that's a that's a thing usually happens. Oh, geez, I need to finish a rad crawl. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to bring that? You're going to hopefully bring I that? I really want to. I feel like I want convention play is a good opportunity. I want to play it. I want to play yeah, it. Yeah, I want you to play it too. Okay, so why don't we get into a topic? Yeah. Because I think you had a topic and I feel like I've got a lot of stuff to say about it, but I don't. It's It's actually occurring to me right now. That if I had pushed for a rad crawl topic, we could have gotten closer to rad crawl being done. Well, um, I, I actually even floated a topic that would have brought us closer to rad crawl being done. Man, I just messed myself right up there. Um, <laughs> well, we can do that for the next episode. Okay, and I hope I'm uh, done. You can throw it together that. at the last minute. <laughs> um, in in classic SHR style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so so. Yeah, at the topic. Yeah, we are today going to be talking about moving the moves from the basic moves to the playbooks. It's mm-hmm. something we've talked about a little bit on some of our racing episodes, but like in kind of like a very uh, out of the way kind of way, as opposed to like really diving into it. And... uh I think it's something that's worth revisiting because I think it's something that isn't done very much in PBTA. I don't think I've seen any games that do that. And maybe it's about time it happened because that could be really, really cool. I think it's not even a... If, if, this is, if, this, if we're going to go with this where I think we are, I would say that this isn't even necessarily a PBTA thing. True. Because I think it extends further than yeah. that. And it is something that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, just moving the mechanics from, like, one core system that everybody uses yeah. to individualized it, system. So that every player kind of, based off of the class or playbook or archetype you choose, you play a slightly, like, you're engaging with the game in a different way. Yeah. Is kind of what I'm interested in. Because I think that that, like, I think that we, it's one of those questions that I like to ask where it's like, okay, why why is it that we have this like core rule set? Yeah. Why does everybody engage with the game in the same way? Is it because D&D did it <laughs> and so we have this like that we all grew up playing the same game and so we it makes sense that you have one like core rule book that is the way that 90% of like for 90% of gameplay we all engage the same way and then for like that last 10% we have different spells. Or is it because is like is that is that a good way to do that, or is it just that we've always done it, and should we can reconsider? And I mean, there's something to be said for like the wizard or the the 
cleric and stuff like that. The the magic user having yeah. essentially their own game that they're playing at certain levels mm-hmm. and in certain editions of D&D. Like, if you're playing a wizard in 3.5, um, once you hit a certain level, you're kind of not using the core system anymore. You're using your yeah, spells. Yeah, you're not attacking. You're, you're probably defending. But e- or, or at least you're... You're yeah. being attacked, but maybe. <laughs> you know, if, yeah, if you're doing yeah, yeah, your yeah, job yeah. right, you're not. You're, the game you're playing is more about spell management and and like thinking about your slots and your prepared stuff and your components and what you're going to do when and strategic, strategic usage of those spells. Yeah, and when you hit 5th edition or Pathfinder, you go even beyond that and you're not using... You're never attacking. There is no reason yeah. for your wizard to attack. Like, I think, yeah. period, yeah. Um, at all. Yeah, unless if there's a story reason. Yeah, and even then, like... Maybe use your magic yeah. instead. Like, like I, I think that like un- unless there's some sort of like you know magic is dampened, you aren't able to. Chances are your wizard would be attacking instinctually with their magic anyway, right? Yeah, like, which is good. Like that means that you are playing the game differently. Yeah, but and and then with with playbooks and PBTA style games, you are like you have different moves, you have different rules uh, that dictate how you play, and so. Like as a, I hate just using masks <laughs> as an example all the time, but like with with uh, with Protean City, like I'm playing the Doomed, and so I have like things that I think about. Like if my character goes and does this thing, I like if my character overexerts himself or uh, attacks somebody alone, I mark my Doom track, mm-hmm. and nobody else is doing that. It's just me. That's just a mechanic that I worry about. And I think even with some other games, there's maybe even better examples of that. Like, if you look at Urban Shadows, where you have the werewolf and their territory, that's yeah. a totally different game you're playing. You care about things that are very different. If you're And, like, the same... Maybe I could use the, the classic example instead of Urban Shadows and go, in Apocalypse World, if you are the heart holder, then your game is markedly different from the gun blogger. You are playing two different yeah. games. Yeah, and if um, I don't remember what exactly off the top of my head what the the playbook is, but the the player who gets the the driver yeah. character who gets a car, like they have a whole thing that they do well, and like it's it's a it's an object that that is a narrative thing that they have to take care of and like baby, but it also gives them a bunch of abilities they can do. Yeah, and and that's cool. And no one else is necessarily interacting with that system at all. Like if you have a workshop, yeah. you have things that is a game that no one else is playing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and that's definitely. really cool. And is that cooler than uh, using your basic moves? Maybe. Is that something that maybe we should be looking at other basic moves and other things that happen, and going like, "Hey, can we make these just as individual and just as cool?" I think it's worth taking a look at. Yeah. So I think that that I think that that conversation starts with, or at least I think I think it starts with. The question about basic moves and why why do we have so okay let me let me phrase it this way because I think I was kind of coming out that weirdly but like so you have moves that are on your playbook yeah. which are and we've talked about this in the past with the playbook being a 
it's a structured play guideline system that sort of says like big picture here is the trope you're hitting you are a vampire you are the janus you are whatever and everything on that page is helping you uh push in the one direction to hit that genre as best you can and so you are you have a set of rules that push you towards that and all of the mechanics uh especially in a PPTA game um they have that snowball effect so they're looking they're looking to continue to snowball you towards that the bull playbook is going to like push you towards the more romantic sides of things like the the Janus playbook in masks is going to constantly be bringing up your your family and your 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 duties and the things you have to your obligations and there's a mechanic that triggers that every time there's like a passage of time yeah with the doomed or the hard holder you have a thing you have to manage um, there's always um, there's a couple I think it's both in monster hearts and in urban and in um, in apocalypse world you've got playbooks where you have like a click or a cult or mm-hmm. like a, a group of people that you have to manage and people that uh, who you have to look after and they're pushing you in and all of the mechanics serve to push you towards that goal of hitting that genre yeah except that you also have this other list of rules that don't they just kind of push you towards the the genre of the game which is maybe different than the genre for your character. Yeah. Um, and I think what can be really interesting is looking at some of the mismatches between how a game handles a kind of move and a playbook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like an example I'm going to use, not to throw any shade on Monster Hearts, I love Monster Hearts, um, but Lash Out Physically uh, from Monster Hearts 1. I actually... <laughs> don't have the basic moves for monster hearts 2 on this computer uh so i'm not gonna pull up the more recent version which may have changed this uh but uh you lash out physically roll with volatile on a 10 up you deal them harm and choose one harm is great you gain a string on them or they need to hold steady before they can retaliate during this scene so let's just focus on that right so that narratively says on a 10 plus when you're hitting somebody when you're hurting somebody you can either do a whole bunch of damage because you are stronger and more volatile and everything like that. Uh, you like gain leverage over them because you spot their weakness. Or they need to like pull themselves together because you are such a terrifying... You are a scarier tense situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one of the playbooks, it's like an expanded playbook. It's Second six, uh, second Skins, I think. But it's The Neighbor. And you're like this like super nice, kind of innocent, but like shut-in, reading books sort of character. Instead of being like, instead of being the mortal where you're Bella, you're the person who's reading about Bella. Yeah. Um, and it's a great playbook. It's fantastic. But, but that attack move doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's so weird. Like, it's so weird to go from that to, to oh, yeah, the harm is great. I understand them on a fundamental level that will cause me to be able to manipulate them better. Or they're terrified of me. Like, yeah. and like, yeah, they've got a low volatile. It's unlikely they'll get that result. But still, that's such a weird situation to be and in. Also, and also, like... If they were playing their playbook, they may not even be doing the narrative thing to trigger the attack move. Yeah. But 
there's a difference between like your playbook pushes you to not do it and you literally don't have access to that move. Yeah. And like what is interesting to me is looking at some of the different ways different people could do those things. Because I, I think that there is no problem with a lash out physically, like with the neighbor using lash out physically. Um, it's just, it's a little weird for it to be exactly the same mechanically as like the wolf. Yeah. You know? Um, which is which, which kind of comes back to the thing that I have often said about basic moves is that they uh, they are the I mean they are the thing that everyone in your setting does the same way yeah and so it's it's why you've said this is a thing that everyone does they basically do it the same way because that's kind of the core genre of the game mm-hmm. and so it's not worth our our time to rewrite the attack move. Like, like in masks, everybody like superheroes basically kind of attack the same yeah. way and, and the repercussions of their attacks are roughly the same. Yeah. And so it makes sense to have a unified attack move because you have, because the, like the basic, that move is more about like doing damage or pushing them back or achieving a goal or taking something from them. It's not about the damage. It's not about the, it's not as much about the damage. It's not about the, the powers. It's about the, what are you trying to achieve by attacking? Yeah. And and so that is the same. That is a good example of a good basic move. But if you have a playbook that it doesn't make sense for them to be using that basic move, then you've got to ask, well, two things, I think, actually. Like, should this be a basic move? Yeah. And if the answer is it's just really the neighbor that doesn't attack that way, but everyone else kind of does, well, then maybe you give the neighbor a different move that replaces it. Yeah. And there's some stuff like that in various different systems, like... Uh, there are all of the different moves from Apocalypse World where it's like, instead of rolling with cold, roll with cool for this. And those work, they're functional, they change the way your character works in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But it still doesn't change the results. And so I have some interest, and actually this does tie into Radcrawl. (laughs) Oh, this is a surprise. (laughs) Um, Because I've started to try to do that with a little bit of Radcrawl, is, um, is looking at, well, what about having different results for different characters. Um, yeah. So let's look at Dungeon World, right? Uh, so, hack and slash. Attack an enemy. Deal damage to the enemy and avoid their attack. At your option, you may choose to do plus 1d6 damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. On a 7 to 9, you deal damage, and the enemy makes an attack against you. That's pretty cool. That's pretty functional. It's pretty basic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But... I think it's cooler if you can have a move that is like that does the hack and slash that every time you do hack and slash as the barbarian, you're making rage happen, right? Yeah. Like that's cooler. That because that is what the barbarian is about ultimately, right? Mhm. Um and you can kind of like layer moves into it and Dungeon World I think actually does a pretty decent job of layering moves together that it'll be like when you are if you are the thief and you uh hack and slash with a precise weapon, blah, 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 blah. But like, I think that there's something to be said for playbooks that already have the, that just are the moves that are the basic moves, right? Just different for what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because again, like, like if you are in noir world, yeah, 
and you are the journalist, maybe the journalist and the detective are going to investigate the same way. Yeah. But like the dirty cop and the thug are, are like the mook are not going to investigate no. the same way. Yeah. Like they're not going to just be like sleuthing around looking at stuff. They're going to go find someone and like beat the answer out of them. Yeah. And so what I'd love because to that's see. That's what the genre demands. Yes. And so like what I'd love to see is more of like is looking at something like a, like if you were doing noir, if you look at a dirty cop, they don't get an investigate move. They get a go find somebody and knock some heads together move. Like yeah. that's more in the style of urban shadows information gathering. Yeah. Which is, which is good. Yeah. But, but, it, but again, it's a perfect example of like that go find someone and talk to them about it is a good basic move for uh, urban shadows because like that is a, a common trope of that genre of like, regardless of who you are, whether or not you're a wizard or a human or a werewolf, like if you want to know about something, you're going to go find someone in a dark sketchy alley and talk. To yeah. Them. Um, and so that's, that's like, that is a good basic move. And like, we're not saying these necessarily aren't good. Basic. The other ones aren't, it's just like looking and saying like, where do you put the, where do you put the crunch of the mechanics? Do you put it into the basic move? Or do you put it onto the playbook? Because yeah. obviously there is also, you know, if I'm playing Noir World and I am the dirty cop and I go down to a bar to beat up some people and figure out some information, I would tell, I would be saying to the GM, what I am doing right now is investigating. This is what my investigation mm-hmm. looks like. But my guess is I'm getting different information. I should be getting different information out of that. And the repercussions of those actions should be should different. Be different. Mm-hmm. Because if you just go talk to someone ver- or like snoop around in their apartment when they're not there and they never find out, that should be have different repercussions. That should have different repercussions than if you go and like beat someone up and then they go back and tell their boss. Yeah. Or like, you know, you use your investigate move as the dirty cop and you come back with a broken arm. Like, yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense for the journalist who went no. to the library. Yeah. Um, uh, like I, uh, so, so there's a couple different ways I think that this sort of takes. So I think I think there's a couple different ways that this takes form in a game if you are designing your game. The first way is to sort of really minimize your basic moves and really lean into the playbooks to take the role of the primary place where people look for basic for moves mm-hmm. to do the things they're going to do in the game. Yeah. It kind of sounds like that's where you're going to go with rad crawl a little bit. Like, yeah, being, I think so. Um, yeah. And then, so then the other ways to kind of quickly move through them is like things like that, that's sort of a deny the basic moves and push everything to the playbooks style. Yeah. Um, but there's also like, um, I can't think of a great example right now off the top of my head, but there's a bunch of playbooks in masks and urban shadows that say, if you take this move, uh, you get a, you get to roll with a different ability maybe. And you get a couple bonus questions to one of the question answer asking type moves, or maybe you get an extra question, even if you fail because you are an investigative type character or you're someone who thinks about breaking into places, that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And then there's like the third way, which I think is actually pretty interesting, is the um, I I can't think of anything else besides the innocent that does it in the innocent playbook and mm. masks, where you actually like everybody else has the same basic moves, but you replace those basic moves as your character sort of descends into 
uh, assholery <laughs> or whatever it is that that is happening to the the, the innocent. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Brokenness. Yeah, brokenness um, is maybe the way to go on that one. Um, yeah, but like, what I'm interested in kind of doing, and I think maybe what is most useful for us to do is, at least in this episode, is mm-hmm. look at different ways we could divide the moves in that way, and what those feelings are as you do it, and like maybe even like a couple genres or game ideas that could work well with that kind of division. Does that appeal okay. to you or not really? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. I think that the hardest way to do that is to just like do the straight up there are no basic moves. Yeah. And that if every like ha- everyone has sort of a different attack or investigate or communicate, like those things that are typically basic moves. Yeah. Like have those as um play on as things on the playbook. Yeah. And because that means that you have the most work writing up different versions of those moves. Maybe not necessarily work, because if, if it is truly an evocative genre that you're building, then, like, they will, they'll, it'll be obvious. Yeah. It has the downsides of, it takes up space in the playbook, mm-hmm. um, and it, you probably have, like, a limited amount of space on a playbook to put moves, so you're losing other moves. It makes advancement really tough. Yeah. Because, like, if your playbook has, you know... Even if we're even if we pare it down to five ba- five moves, which is like really low, that's very bare bones. Yeah, that's still like that's a lot of space on your sheet. Yeah, um, and so like theoretically, you can have other advancements or different stat changes, stats or things like that, or things that add to the basic moves or add to the moves. But I think that that ultimately does make a pretty tight sheet. Which isn't bad. Yeah, which it's just no, and I think I have. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but um, I mean, maybe we need to ask ourselves larger questions like, why do we have advancement? Yeah, in PBTA games, and do we need advancement, or is there something else that change? Like the way that our character evolves, can that change in a different way? I was going to bring up precisely that thing. Um, I was actually listening to uh, Character Creation Cast, and they had the System mm-hmm. Mastery Boys on. And we're talking about Heroes Unlimited, which is such a buck wild system. Like, yeah. it is a wild, wild system from the 80s. It's very 80s. Um, but character advancement essentially does nothing for the majority of characters <laughs> because you're superheroes. Yeah. And so you're like, you, your power building is front loaded and advancement technically exists, but who cares about it? Yeah. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Like looking at characters that looking at stories where the advancement doesn't matter, you can absolutely just skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I think I think that works for like kind of serialized things. Uh I think Pasión could go without advancement. I think The Ward could go without advancement. Mm-hmm. Um Monster of the Week I think could go without advancement. And so some yeah, anything anything like noir world even yeah. where you're like almost more likely to roll up a new set of characters to tell the next story yeah. than stick with the same characters in advance uh, is, is something that like advancement is ooh uh, sorry I just had a thought so like in that way advancement is more 
sorry, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm having this thought like as we are talking. Yeah. And so I'm trying to find the words for it. But in, like, so that I'm, to bring it back around to Rad Crawl, that's like less like if, if the intention then is for advancement to take place when you change characters. Mm hmm then that feels a little bit more like the roguelike style of yeah. game design where you have, you're doing things in the world. Like I wonder, so this is a thing that, um, that blades in the dark and hydro hackers did mm -hmm. where it pushed, uh, the sort of like, I think you do have advancement in both of those systems on your character. Yeah but you also have a neighborhood or a gang or some static thing, or like in ride crawl, you have the dungeon a little bit and you are doing things to advance that. And when you change characters, you're still playing in that same static world. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting path to take where you just allow each character to be hyper specific in the way that it, Inter interacts with the world and let their actions through the adventure alter the world as a way of advancing yeah. and yeah. let the let the let the let the gang playbook let the let the neighborhood playbook handle advancement mm -hmm. and then allow the and then allow yourself to not have advancement on the playbooks yeah. so that you can be hyper focused on having all of the different characters uh, interact with the world in a different way. Absolutely. And I mean, like, if you look at the games that are, that are a little one-shot-ish, like, I'm sure you could, so you could totally play a Noir World campaign. That would be a lot of fun. But it's also a great game to hurl yourselves at each other and, like, just do a one-shot and have half yeah. the players dead at the end of it. And it's amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. like, like, you know, Cartel's the same way. You could totally do a campaign uh, but characters are so flimsy and like, there's no reason to not just do like your big movie and have yeah. it be super rad. Uh, but like, then there's like, there's some super weird stuff like, Hey, Lady Blackbird, uh, invented keys and that's a one shot. How weird is that? Yeah. That like one of the, that is weird. The most developed experience tracks in indie gaming right now comes from a one shot. That's super strange. Yeah. And like, that is weird. I'll admit I've never played lady blackbird. I have no idea how pivotal keys are to it, but like you don't need advancement in dread. You don't need advancement in Starcross. <laughs> you don't need advancement in yeah. games that you're playing at once. And so like, if you're playing a game that your characters don't advance, don't change, they get to the end or they don't, then you can front load all of that. So at the risk of taking this conversation a little bit too much towards my, my, I don't want to say despise, despise is a harsh word towards advance. My, uh, it describes my feelings towards advancement systems, <laughs> but like there is an assumption in, if you were playing masks, if you yeah. were playing urban shadows, if you were playing, pretty much any even D, like if you're playing D&D &D, yeah. there is an there is an advancement system there is an assumption that in any given system or any given session unless you are unless you make a terrible mistake in D&D &D, yeah. unless somebody rolls really well or rolls really poorly or unless you narratively decide to your character is going to survive to move on to the next session yeah 
to make advancement worth like that's why advancement is there because the system comes with the core assumption that your character will advance to the next session. Yeah. But if you're talking about noir world, if you're talking about even like, I I think it would make sense for apocalypse world where Mm -hmm. it's like a dark setting um, in an apocalypse. Like why should we, we we be making that assumption? Yeah. Let's, let's back up and say, what if we free ourselves to say, it's fine for my character to die this session. Mm-hmm. I want to have the most interesting experience playing this character that I can. And I don't want to waste all this room on my playbook talking about advancement. I would much rather be there be this like bizarre card based dark magic system that I have to engage with that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. That's so because cool. that will make my magic feel unique and cool and weird. And I want to do that. Yeah. I love that. And like, I think that 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 is the kind of setting that you'd be wanting to go for that like that doesn't have advancement that just says this is what the playbook is. And like, in some ways, Lady Blackbird is the perfect example of the thing that I would do with individualized moves and no advancement. Right. Like you are telling a specific story when the person Mm -hmm. picks up the Lady Blackbird playbook. They're playing Lady Blackbird. They're not playing a noble person. They're playing Lady Blackbird. And so I think that there's something to be said for telling stories in exactly that way. That it's like, this is how this character approaches this problem. I I almost wonder about that for like, like fan fiction style games. Like Mm -hmm. people that want to play Firefly. It's like, hey, this is the Malcolm Reynolds playbook. These are the way Malcolm Reynolds does his things. That was the problem that like the that Firefly game and the Serenity game both had, mm-hmm. which is they let they let you and encouraged you to make characters that were like almost Malcolm Reynolds, almost the other characters whose names I totally know. <laughs> yeah, I know all um, of them also. But but like I don't want to play a character who is almost Malcolm Reynolds. I want to play Malcolm Reynolds. Yeah, I want to play Malcolm Reynolds. I want to play Gandalf. I want to play Luke Skywalker. All of the Serenity yeah, characters. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, R two three I love and Serenity. so actually this was not a thing that I was even really thinking about talking about when we talked we started talking about this this session or this this topic. But like this is definitely a thing that I'm I'm going for or that I want to eventually start going for as I move my, forward in my production of my mission control game. Mm-hmm. Like I want those characters to play differently. If you are the flight director type character, like you're the way you interact with the world is by talking to the other players. You talk to the, the, the people who have, like you don't actually have any data in front of you. Yeah. You have people who have data in front of you. If you are the person who is playing Capcom, you're the person who can talk to the astronauts. Mm-hmm. Nobody else can talk to the astronauts. That's just the thing you do. Nobody else does that. And so that players like their gameplay should be a little different because they get to do a thing that no one else does. And that's good. And being honest, I don't know that you need advancement in that game either. Yeah, like, exactly. Or like advancement should be done in a different way because yeah. someone who has been in the field for 30 years does one mission and then levels yeah. up. 
Yeah, no. And that feels And weird. I think that's a perfect example of, like, the thing that should level up is the rocket yeah. or the engineering team. Like, all of these things that are happening off screen, like, you should run a mission. You get science data back from that. Yeah. You build a better rocket. You learn how to, to fly the rocket better. Like, but those things are all being, like, those engineering stuff, the the, the flight control stuff, that's all stuff that's being happen, that's happening and being done by NPCs in the background. Yeah. That's your leveling up. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why I've always sort of thought Blades in the Dark as a system for for that game. It could make because sense. Because it makes sense to yeah. have all of the the advancement centralized in that one spot. Yeah. So that's that's kind of that's being that's almost the that's one of the extreme ways. Yeah. Um is doing that, right? That you move all of the basic moves so each playbook does things differently completely. Mm-hmm. I've got some other wild ideas. Okay. How wild me. do you want to get? Um, pretty wild. Do you want to go as crazy as possible first? Yeah, let's go as crazy as possible. Point by. Point by. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> um, sure, okay, I'm on board with this. Okay. What, what are you point buying? Options. Okay. So, uh, you... This is this is me like going what is the worst way we can do this? What is the like the <laughs> widest furthest decision we could do on it? Um yeah. Uh so I wish everyone could have seen my face when he said that. <laughs> me too. I kind of wish I'd been recording it. <laughs> Cuz it's it's also so antithetical to how I do things. Um I don't know that it is though. It like might not be. I think I see where you're going. So, so yeah. keep going. Keep talking about this. I want to know where you're going. So we're going to play our D&D style game, right? Because D&D is mm-hmm. so easy to pull from. Uh, what, what, what class are you playing? Um, let's do a sorcerer. Cool. All right. So you're the sorcerer. So you have uh, in front of you your basic move sheet. Mm-hmm. And from that basic move sheet, you have three points that you get to put into, uh, into directly engage a threat. Or into hack and slash. You Mm -hmm. get seven points that you get to put into spout lore. You get like 12 Uh points that you get to put into use magic. Mm -hmm. And so instead of having a playbook that... Instead of having a move that is Mm pre-constructed, you have like... When you hack and slash, roll plus stat, uh, and on a 10 plus, choose two. On a 7 to 9, choose one. And... Then the options that you have are point by at the beginning of the character creation. <laughs> All right. So like I take my sorcerer character and I choose for my my directly engage a threat type move. Yeah. I choose the results of like bamboozle my enemies, reshape my environment. Yeah, one point. And and like summon an ally or something. Or like briefly summon a thing to do some damage with yeah, for absolutely. a moment. Or like maybe you maybe you really want to do a super cool thing and you're directly engaged, and so you you take uh you you take the like something that says uh you you don't suffer harm or something like that you know like something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like a disadvantage style one you don't end up in a bad spot uh, okay. and that gives you some points back okay and you just structure all the moves like that uh, <laughs> your spout lore has your list of questions. And it has them point bot in terms of like, what are the most useful questions? What are the least useful questions? Oh, I love and this. And so at the end of it, 
you have the questions you've selected, you make your roll, and you, you only get to choose from the options you've picked. Advancement <laughs> is getting new options. Uh, that's, that's so... Uh, it's something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's definitely something. Yeah, me neither. Um, so, so you build your character uh, and you're like, oh, I'm a rogue. So, like, you know, when I defy danger, I chose the option that, uh, that I can fully get away from, that, like, I fully withdraw from, yeah. from my threat. Okay, what if, yeah. what if, okay, my brain is putting games together, I'm thinking about stuff, um, what about if you took this a step further? Oh, no. <laughs> because, because so, the idea is that you want, like, if, if there's a list of, of, um, of, like, un- uh, unleash your power is such a bad example, but if there's, like, a, if there is a do magic move, yeah. or, or, no, let's, let's stick Use- with, let's stick with attack, the attack move. Okay. Like, my as a sorcerer, I'm playing a character. I want to have the big, I want to have the big flashy bamboozle. I want to have the big like reshape my environment by wielding elemental magic. Yeah. I want to do the like big showy things. You are playing a bard. You want the sort of like uh, uh, support my enemy or my allies. My type ally gets of, an opportunity. Uh, like results. Uh, I the, I yeah. remain out out of combat. Yep. And so, like, you, all of your choices end up with, like, none of your options, like, have anything to do with dealing damage. You're just sort of, like, engaging with combat to boost other people and stuff like that. Oh, um, nice. What if, what if you also have um, playbook, so on your playbook, you also have a, a bunch of specific point-by options for that directly engage a threat that, like... I might have like a reshape your environment with elemental powers yeah. that like the druid or the fighter can't choose. Yeah. Um, I mean, because so there's like the core list that everyone can choose from, but then there's also the playbook specific one. If you even have playbook specific ones, this might be a way to point by your way through making a PBTA playbook. Okay. So you that's like, fair. is, is this the fighter with all of the various fighter options that make you fightery in different ways? Or is this the adventurer that you choose the things yeah. to figure out what your playbook is. It's it's reminding me a little bit of Armored Society. It's reminding me a lot of Armored Society, where you have there's player choices that you're making. Like like there are you roll what your what your background is mm-hmm. and what your where your family is from, and then you have like career options. And there are career options that everyone can choose. Yeah. But then there's like background specific career options and family specific career options and you like rolled randomly into those and so you sort of mm. like build out a character from that yeah and then once you've said okay well now i'm like when i when i rolled into it i chose a specific background but then my family was a specific type of of family like i i chose like when i when we played at um metatopia last year i rolled a person from a specific region of the world mm-hmm. and then i rolled that my family was nobility yeah so then i had a whole second like a whole different list of options for jobs to choose from yeah than someone who rolled into the same background but a different family back family structure or yeah whatever. um and if those were all like points like you could and so some of them i could choose i could choose from the core list of jobs like uh baker and like farmer and stuff like that. But I also had like gunsmith because that was something that was available to my specific background, nobility family, yeah. like noble, noble merchant family thing. And so I kind of really like that of having options that you build out 
some of them are like either either they're specific because they're on a playbook or they're specific to you because you rolled them like a rolled a specific background. That would all be very cool. You know what this also could do? Pokemon. What? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. <laughs> your option you've got like your attack move, your mobility move, your defend move, and you're selecting options from it. And it means you can yep. make a buz- like a huge amount of combinations if you can come up with enough like little gimmies for each of the different moves. Mm-hmm. Ah, and then you just take like fire moves. Yeah. And you make like a hundred fire moves and split them up into like groups of ten by level. And when you're like and when you're point buying your character at level one, you get like if you have a fire electric Pokemon, you choose four points worth of moves from that first like from the level one to level one to level ten, yeah, chunks of fire and electric, and then as you gain levels, you can reset up your moves to improve That's them. Interesting. Basically, yeah. This is this huh. is my craziest idea, and that's like that would be interesting because that's that's more like I, like a lot of times when you see Pokemon games, um, you see them playing where they have like. They have individual moves like yeah. Thunder Wave and and Surf and all the different Pokemon moves. Yeah. And you're selecting which moves your Pokemon have to sort of replicate that. But a system where you have like an attack move, but then there are resolution options that have some fire resolution options and some electricity resolution options. That almost emulates the TV show more than yeah. the game, which is very interesting. Yeah, you select you select the option, you paralyze your opponent for one round, or yeah. like you know, you put more points into it and, or something Did like that. Did you ever read um uh the Codex Alera series by Jim Butcher? Because it would let you do things where like those they didn't have Pokemon, but they're they totally for had Pokemon. Lack of a better term, they're Pokemon. Yeah, they had abilities that did things like sometimes you manifested the Pokemon, the, the creature, but sometimes you just like let it um, bolster your person. Like yeah. maybe you had a Steel type that turned into a surfboard that you could fly on, or uh, covered you in armor. And those were like the two things you could do. It is so stupid that that is a real example and not you coming up with something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not sure that anyone had a surfboard but uh they definitely flew around on some horses and stuff on essentially surfboards yeah yeah uh but yeah so i think that that is another way you could do it like i think that there um there have been a couple of like playbookless uh pbta games and i think they they tend to fall a little flat yeah and i wonder a little bit well, about that as an option too like just to just make I it pick up and go game also. Yeah, I think that they the the way that a lot of those playbook list games suffer yeah. or or struggle a little bit in the way in in being flat is that they end up being um for lack of a better example a little bit like fate yeah. in that you as the player have to bring a lot of that genre. Yeah. to know what you want to build like what is that character archetype that I know I want to build. And once I do that, then I can go build that archetype with points or by rolling. Exactly. Which is kind of like that weird, like mixed message of like, it's PBTA. They're going to, it's going to help me with the genre, but also it's point by. So I've got to know. Yeah. Um, But something like a, like breaking up the point buys into archetypes of their own, like fire or electricity, like the playoff of genres that people know. Yeah. Might be a better way to do it. I I kind of want to goof around with this at some point now. 
yeah. give, give someone like a couple strips of paper and go like, hey, this is a, a fire electric type Pokemon. Uh, do you want your attack to be fire or electric? Okay, cool. Do you want your utility to be this or that? Yeah, that's interesting. We're gonna have to come back to that. We're gonna have to come in back some to that. in some unforeseen future where we've both finished all of our games. We're <laughs> gonna loop back around to the most innovative Pokemon game of all time uh, anyone has ever made. Yeah, we, we gotta be the best. You know what? I kind of think we can be the best. Like no one ever yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To write up I move mean, I think, lists is our real test. <laughs> yeah, that's our that's our true test. Uh. <laughs> uh, to sell it as our cause. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, man, that's really interesting. Um, now I'm going to want to just do that. Ugh. Don't finish Don't, rad crawl. Finish first. rad crawl. Finish rad crawl. Definitely finish rad crawl. And finish motion. <laughs> Jesus, please finish yeah. motion. So how are you, han- how, so like, how, how are you handling those kinds of basic moves in rad crawl? Because it is a game that somewhat has basic moves, but also like definitely doesn't straight up have playbooks. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or does it? Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. <laughs> We're still figuring that out. Still figuring some of that out. Um, so I think that there's a possibility that playbooks will exist in some way. Yeah. But it will have more to do with like your knowledge gathering skills. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, all of like the weird little things that are the species powers in D&D. Yeah. Where it's like, you're a dwarf, therefore, if you go by a secret door made out of stone, you know about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. That's really stupid, but I love it. And, yeah. like, because Radcrawl is D&D genre. Yeah. I kind of want to include some of that stuff, but I don't want it to be cards, because I want all that to be equipment. Yeah. So, okay. I'm playing with the idea of having playbooks that have basically your your knowledge gathering skill and like a couple of role play prompts and maybe like a little power. Mm -hmm. And then from there, everything else is on cards. And so what I'm doing is essentially the, uh, the thing where it's like, uh, hack and slash. And then you have specific options that come from the weapon that you have are using. Right. Um, So, like, if you are the Barbarian, you are gathering rage as you attack. Um, Mm -hmm. And that rage is then used for something. Um, If you're the Rogue, when you attack, uh, try to do it from, like, shadows and stuff like that. Um, And then there's advancement that improves the equipment. Uh, Although, all of this is in such flux, because I keep on having ideas... I'm a big fan of like a third way of not having everything be like hyper specific yeah. or have it be the crazy point by system. But like if you play the barbarian, you have a rage mechanic. Yeah. So you are using the same, maybe you're using the same attack, uh, like directly engage a threat move yeah. that everyone else is. But every time you trigger it, it, also boosts your rage yeah which does some other effect or like having having like a layering effect yeah on top of the basic moves that alter it just for you in certain circumstances yeah um like if you attack from a shadow and you're a rogue you get a different bonus or you get mm-hmm. a, an extra option you can choose because you successfully did the, the genre thing exactly and so like, i kind of really like those yeah that's probably what it will be is basically like each playbook will be like will have its own, like, one little feature, and 
maybe like like probably like one little feature and a stat or two connected to it and that's about it yeah i like that though i think that's good and then maybe also their spout lore information i think that that's important because it's also like not like the kind of the couple ways that we covered this yeah. is like huge steps and, and like massive time commitments. Yeah. And if you are just like, if you were writing a PPTA game and you're not maybe totally bought into our bizarre, like advanced list, uh, no uh, basic move list style <laughs> that you can like, just think about like, does my character, does this playbook do this basic move the same way as everyone else? Yeah. How can I tweak it a little bit to make it more just for them? Yeah. And I think that's good. I think it's important. And then at some point, at some point we'll have to talk more about my, um, it might be too late into the episode to bring up another method of doing things, but like the innocent, I'm, I'm considering looking at the innocent as a starting point for my Slenderman hunting game. Okay. Um, that like your characters start out more or less the same. They all have the same basic moves. They're just folks. And then as they get deeper and deeper into the mythos, hmm. they start doing things in more messed up ways. Interesting. I like that. And they get corrupted in different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to definitely come back around to this. I think that there is, there are some, I think that the PBTA move system is flexible in a way that people have not really played with it. Totally. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Totally. Like, Point um, like I mean point by moves is so far out from what anybody has ever done. Yeah. And it would completely work. There's zero reason yeah. it wouldn't work. I'm completely one hundred percent confident that it would work well. Well, look forward to our future point by a Pokemon game. <laughs> uh it's gonna happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be good. Maybe after you get a certain amount of badges. The, the number of badges you have gives you access oh, to more points. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Brandon. Mm-hmm. The badges. That's definitely good. That's good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Ah, James. No, I need to cook dinner. <laughs> We're not yes, starting on this yes. right away. We can't. We can't write a Pokemon game. Yeah. I gotta go do edit you another need to podcast. Edit. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll come back to this. We'll do it on another show. Yeah. Let's bank this. Let's let's lay out a Pokemon game in an upcoming episode. Perfect. I or love a it. Not Pokemon game. Yeah. Um. Maybe not next week, but the following week. But maybe we don't also distract next ourselves week. from the games that we need to bring to Dreamation. But maybe next week. <laughs> but maybe next week. We'll figure it out. We'll figure okay. it out. So, um, I think that we should try to wrap this episode up. Yeah. Um. And so, if you think that we are totally off base here, or if you want to like submit ideas for badges and fire moves and stuff. <laughs> Um, reach out to us on Twitter. You can find us both at Stop Back and Roll or individually. I am at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Kobold. You can find all of our episodes, links to some of the games we've been working on at www.stopbackandroll.com. You can email us if that's your thing. Uh, and you can email us either at James or Brandon at stopbackandroll.com. If you would like to help other people find the show, and of course you would, because you're going to need people to battle against when this Pokemon game comes out, because it's going to have a battling system, it's going to have a trading system, I guarantee that right now, then uh, rate and review our podcast on iTunes, because that helps other people find the show. Yeah. Um, We make this podcast and our other podcast, Protean City Comics, with the support of our Patreon backers. And so we'd like to thank our new backer, Polyamorous Q, as well as thank some of our old favorites, 
like Tanta Month, Benj, Richard Critzlandry, Alpha Loose, Spencer Austin, Chad Owen, Mitch Moore, and Riverhouse Games. If you'd like to help support this show and future shows, check us out at patreon.com slash stop, hack, and roll. And if you can't support us financially, that's totally fine. Not everyone is in the position uh, to do that, and, and, but we want you to be part of the community anyway. We want you to, to join us, have conversations, um, engage with our shenanigans of constantly trying to write a Pokemon game. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Um, and so the way you do that is by reaching out to us in the, in, on Twitter, through email, in those previous places. But also come and join our Discord. There's, there's, there's talk of games, there's talk of game design, there's talk of Protean City, there's all this stuff. It's good, it's fun, lots of great people there. And you can find it at tinyurl.com slash shrdiscord or discord.stophackandroll.com. So as you're three weeks out from a convention where you need to show off at least one game, including one that hasn't been written yet, and you've got all sorts of stuff to get done and way more obligations than you could possibly deal with, don't forget to make your Pokemon game, James. James, we're making the Pokemon game. Uh, we made the Pokemon game. <laughs> Stop back and roll. Awesome. <laughs>